Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When Mrs. McGee of 79 Wistful Vista goes shopping, it's apt to be a very expensive day. Not because she buys so much, but when a husband like hers has the free run of the house, almost anything can happen. And here, coming home from her morning's marketing, arms full of bundles and heart full of apprehension, we find Molly. A Fibber McGee and Molly! I wonder what McGee's been doing while I've been gone, I'm afraid. Be just like the rascal to take the piano part to get a G-string for his mandolin. Ah, must be getting a massage. Oh, McGee! McGee, darling, I'm home! What in the name of... McGee, what on earth are you doing? Go away, sis. Whatever you're selling, we don't want any today. <laughs> Come back sometime when my wife is here. McGee, sweetheart, remember me? I'm your wife. I'm glad to meet you, sis. Now sit down and be quiet. When my wife comes home, she'll... Huh? Oh, hi, Molly. You home? What's going on here? What's that pile of mud on the piano stool? My dear girl, that is modeling clay. Have you led such a sheltered life, so remote from artistic circles that you fail to recognize a sculptor at work? Oh, I knew I should have taken you with me or stayed home myself. What's that thing on your head? That, my dear girl, is a beret. All us artists wear berets. <laughs> Keeps our hair out of the paint if we're painters. <laughs> out of the sculpt if we're sculptors. <laughs> and we are... Oh, we are? Yep, I've entered a sculptor contest. Wistful Vista Art Center. First prize, a hundred bucks. And I can use a hundred bucks like Herman Goering could use a fast plane to Patagonia. But you've never had any training in sculpture, dearie. Neither did Victor Hugo, but he was a success, wasn't he? Victor Hugo was not a sculptor. Neither am I. So I start even, Stephen, with Victor Hugo. Now, if you'll excuse me, my dear, I must have at it. I say, McGee. Please, Molly. <laughs> when a creative artist is at work, one must never... Never intrude with commonplace things. You have broke my mood. I'll break your... <laughs> now, Molly, control yourself. He's just a boy at heart. Where'd you get that Mother Hubbard effect you're wearing, dearie? That, my dear girl, is a smock. Borrowed it from a guy at the filling station. I see. <laughs> then the message on the back of it is an advertisement, not a character reading? Well, what's it say? Tires quickly. Oh. <laughs> Used to say tires quickly repaired. It's an old pre-war smock. <laughs> now, let me see. A little more height to the forehead. Please, my dear, please, don't come between me and the mirror. Oh, now this is too much. You admire yourself so much in that smock and braid that you have to strut in front of a mirror? I gotta use the mirror, Molly. <laughs> I'm making a clay model of my own head and shoulders. Oh, no. I'm calling it Self-Portrait of a Common Man. <laughs> now, let me see. Would you say I was about three inches between the eyeballs? Open or shut? 
they're the same distance apart, open or shut, aren't they? I don't know. When they're shut, I can't see them. Oh, that's well, never mind. I'll use the tape measure. And... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Who's the little goblin in the almost white nighty in the beret? <laughs> he looks like Michelangelo's grandmother. Well, no one expects a low bra like you, Aerosmith, to appreciate anything more artistic than a souvenir leather watch bob from Niagara Falls, Aerosmith. <laughs> Do you know what he's doing with that play, Doctor? He's making a bust of himself. <laughs> well, I don't think I can add anything to that remark, my dear. <laughs> That leaves him as wide open as a dropped watermelon. <laughs> I'm calling it the self-portrait of a common man. And a very apt title it is, too, my boy. If a commoner man than you exists today in this weary world, I've been lucky enough not to meet him. Ah, uh, isn't that nice? You're not just saying that because you admire me, are you, Doc? Incidentally, how do you like my sculpture as far as I've gone? Well, speaking professionally and as a snap diagnosis, I'd say the model for that sculpture had an incipient cirrhosis, a chronic malfunction of the spleen, undetected adenoids, and a weakness for cheap cigars. <laughs> the prosecution rests. <laughs> Look, Jack the Ripper. As an art critic, you're a fat-headed old tissue slicer. You probably think anybody with an etching is just allergic to seafood. <laughs> After all, this is not a finished work, Doctor. It is just a hunk of common clay. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> Tell me, termite, just what do you plan to do with this wrung-out blob of river bottom after you get tired of teasing it? Convert it into a housing project for homeless earthworms or bake yourself a batch of marbles, of which you could use a few... Ignoring your crude attempts at humor, Doctor, I am entering this sculpture in the Wistful Vista Art Competition. Oh, no. Yes, indeed, Doctor. He's going to win the first prize of $100, he keeps telling himself. He would. He's as self-centered as a yogi contemplating his belt buckle. <laughs> Look, Cellini, take the advice of the family physician and throw that muck out the window. Then go take a long walk. Go bowling. Go skating. No, don't go skating. Your ankles would fold up like a street map of Pittsburgh. <laughs> Is that so? Say, now, he used to play hockey, Doctor, for the Peoria Bullfrog. Yeah. And very well, too. Golly, what a goalie. <laughs> he played hockey? Yes, I played hockey. <laughs> and I got old man Skinnamer to donate the rink, too. Skinnamer Ink McGee, I was known as in them days. Skinner Ink McGee, the slyest, slashingest skater that ever slid sideways to shoot a sharp shot through center or slap a spectator silly with a slick stick. Set in the stands to screaming as I slam in the score that sews up the series, making me a sensation from Saskatchewan to Salem, but I promised him a sculpture and I wouldn't want to fail him. <laughs> singing. Uh, let me see. A little more on the left shoulder. That's it. Uh, 
I'm a dreamer in Montreal. Hey, Molly, how's it look now? How are the ears? Too far forward? I can't tell, dearie. Why don't you stick them uh, on with a hairpin till you step back and see how they look? Huh? Hey, that ain't a bad idea. I think I'll... No, no, McGee, let me do it. Huh? I've wanted to pin your ears back for a long time. <laughs> Here's a couple of bobby pins. Ah, interruptions, interruptions, interruptions. Our doorbell gets more fingers pointed at it than the tray of French pastry. <laughs> you get it, Molly? I says our doorbell gets more... Ain't funny, McGee. Oh. <laughs> okay, come in anyway. Mr. McGee? Yes? We're taking a poll. Do you mind? Not at all, sis. Glad to help you. Thank you. Good day. Now, wait a minute, miss. Uh, what poll is this? The one that holds your clothesline up. We just moved in next door. <laughs> well, the nerve of some people, those new neighbors. No, I can't be bothered with them now, baby. Time's getting short on the sculpture contest. I've got to get busy. How am I getting them out? Is that smile right? No, I don't think so, dearie. No? Looks like you just come from the dentist with lips full of Novocaine. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no use guessing on this thing. Might as well do it right. Take this tape measure. And? I'll smile real big. You know, the old personality stuff, the happy old Don Amici, you know, corner to corner. And you measure. Okay, go. Hold it. Huh? There, I got it. What's it measure? 29 inches. <laughs> wow. I'm happier than I thought I was. <laughs> Dear, I was using the wrong end of the tape. Oh, shucks. Now we got to do the whole thing all... Hello, Molly. Hello, pal. What's all the putty for? Tightening up the windows for winter? That's Clay, Mr. Wilcox. Himself here is entering a bit of sculpture in the Wistful Vista Art Competition. Sit down and be quiet, lad. I must work fast. Don't want to lose the north light, you know. Hey, does he do all this with his bare hands, Molly? He does indeed, Mr. Wilcox. If you'll observe carefully, my boy, you will notice that I can achieve with my thumb an effect which could never be duplicated by mechanical means. What's that, dearie? A thumbprint. Please! <laughs> Please, don't talk like that. Oh, don't I'm Don't talk sorry. like what, Mr. Wilcox? Like mentioning thumbprints. Oh, I'm sorry, I did You know how I feel about thumbprints and fingerprints, especially on furniture and woodwork. So unnecessary with Johnson's wax so available. Oh, say, by the way, I'm going to Canada tomorrow for a few days. Oh, business trip, Waxy? I'll give you a note to an old friend of mine, Hiram Walker. <laughs> old friend of mine up there. Known him for years. He raises birds. What kind of birds? Swallows. <laughs> I'm going to visit the Johnson Wax Plant in Brantford, Ontario. You see, my cousin, Big Sedgwick Wilcox, is helping with Canada's ninth victory loan. <laughs> hey, I got a great slogan for them, Junior. Sign your name to victory. That's the slogan they're using. Oh, they can't do this to me. I just thought that up. They hopping? There's... Oh, well, tell them to go ahead and use it. <laughs> it's okay with me. Ah, oh, you're sweet, McGee. <laughs> That's a good slogan, too, Mr. Wilcox. Yes, indeed it is. It means that when you buy a bond, you help guarantee a sound and lasting peace. You're making a promise to help pay the costs of bringing the fighting forces home, rehabilitating and maintaining the wounded, provide essential aid to liberated countries, and build a personal stake at home. You know, one of the greatest expenses of a war is the peace that follows. You've got to get your country off its planes and ships and tanks and jeeps and put it on its feet again. And besides hey, hey, that... Hey, 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 please, one side. Please, Mac. 
You're in my light, and I gotta hurry with this sculpture. Oh, I'm sorry, pal, and I wish you a lot of luck with your new career. Thank you. Oh, say, if it interests you, my nephew, Big Phelan Wilcox, works in clay. That's all. Yeah. He made $100,000 last year. Heavenly days, $100,000. I told you there was dough in this stuff, Molly. What does your cousin make out of clay, Junior? Statues, busts, fountains, or what? Bricks. Oh. Well, so long now. <laughs> Boy, that boy, that boy. Oh, well, I must have that here. McGee, what on earth are you doing now? Huh? What's that big round gob of clay on top of the head? Oh, I had some clay left over, so I thought I'd put a hat on it. <laughs> the easiest hat to sculpt is a derby. Kind of carries out the thought of the common man, too. Very realistic, I'm sure. Maybe not. Ah, dead rat, the dead ratted luck. Everybody crashing in here when I only got an hour to work. Come in. This is a fine state of how do you do. How do you do? How do you do? <laughs> Mrs. Carstairs, do come in, Mrs. Carstairs. Thank you. Good day, Mrs. Carstairs. I trust you will forgive me, ladies, if I proceed with my work. One must create when one is in a creative mood, you know. Oh, of course, Mr. McGee. But, um... That you're boxing with. He isn't. <laughs> he isn't boxing, Mrs. Carstairs. He's sculpturing a bust of himself. Oh, so sorry. I'm a little nearsighted, you know. Uh, interesting piece of work, Mr. McGee. Uh, thank you, my dear. Won't you sit down and watch me work? Uh, thank you, no. I'm on my way to take my music lesson. Oh, is that your bagpipe you have with you, Mrs. Carstairs? Won't you play something for us? Sure, Carsty, play something. Ah, there's nothing like music to inspire us artists to finer efforts. Come on, kid. Pump up the old hot water bottle and squirt us out a little Highland boogie. Oh, no, I really... Uh, well, if you insist, you do insist, don't you? Oh, yes, we do indeed, Mrs. Carsis. Uh, what are you going to play? With a bagpipe, Mrs. McGee, one does not plan to play anything. <laughs> One takes what comes out. <laughs> kind of a musical punch board, eh? However, I shall endeavor to render a little song composed by my husband entitled, The Drummer Can Always Beat It, But The Piper's Left Holding The Bag. <laughs> well, uh, are we ready? Now go ahead, Mrs. Carstairs. I'm all ears. Right. That was beautiful. Uh, thank you. <laughs> that was the shortest bagpipe number I ever heard by a player in the longest kilt I ever saw. <laughs> Are you Scotch, Carsty? Uh, half Scotch. Uh, what's the other half, Mrs. Carstairs? Soda to be amusing. <laughs> Canadian, to be truthful. Good day. Good day, Mr. Carstairs. Ah, music must be quite an inspiration to you, dearie. You were really working like mad while she was playing. Yeah, but she threw me all off. I found myself making this derby hat into a time machiner. <laughs> it's almost finished. Aha! There. It's done. Well, all I can say, dearie, is that is a piece of sculpture. Yep. 
And I'm so worn out from watching you slap it around, I'm going upstairs and lie down to find Okay, okay, Mommy. <laughs> ah, there goes a good kid. Does she try to discourage me when I take up a new career? No, sir. Does she threaten to get a new hubby when hubby gets a new hobby? No, sir. Is she the kind... Come in. Oh. Hi, mister. Oh. Yeah. Hello there, Teeny. Now, look, uh, I haven't got time today, Oh, but... boy. My size, huh? huh? Gee, that's a big one, mister. Can I play too? Can I, mister? Can I play too? <laughs> Ah, uh, this, my dear child, is not a mud pie. <laughs> uh, this is a prize-winning sculpture entitled, uh, How'd You Like to Pick Up a Fast Dollar, Sis? Gee, that's a good name for it, mister. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, uh, the art contest closes in half an hour. You deliver this to the judges and I'll pay you a buck. How much you win if you get first prize, mister? A hundred dollars. Hmm. One percent, yep. huh? You realize, Mr. in a court of equity, the party of the first part having contracted to deliver as per agreement certain stipulated... Okay, 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 okay. Two bucks. It's a deal. Yeah. Now get going, sis. I got to get this entered before the contest closes and if I... what do I cover it with, mister? Cover it? Oh, let's see. Well, let's see. Where's there some wrapping paper? Oh, I know. There's some right here in the hall closet. No, mister. No, no, please. Yet, McGee? No, but I ought to hear from him any minute now that I got first prize. Or at least an honorable mention. Honorable mention, my clavicle. I take first prize or I take nothing. My gosh, if you'd have seen some of the sculpts they got down there. <laughs> Why, they got one sculpt down there of a guy with wings going out of his heels. That's Mercury, dearie. Well, I'll bet he dropped ten degrees when my sculpt came in. <laughs> The minute the judges see my self-portrait of a common man, that must be my prize money being delivered right now. Come in, come in, come in. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Oh, hi, Ella Trivia. Good day, Molly. Hello, McGee. What's this I hear about you entering a sculpture competition? Oh, he has indeed, Your Honor. He's got a 50-50 chance of winning first prize, too. They either say no or they say yes. <laughs> well, I do hope you win, McGee. Then perhaps you would make a small donation to a new civic project of mine. What project is that, Mr. Mayor? Uh, we're considering building a bridle path through the outskirts of town. There's been considerable... A bridle path? path? What do they need a path for? <laughs> Every bride I ever knew of took a cab from the church right to the airport or the railroad station or... I was speaking of a bridle path for equestrians, McGee. Equestrians or Episcopalians, the principle is the same, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> wants to walk around the outskirts of town after I season. didn't say anything about a bride walking. I merely Now, said just a darn minute, Latrivia. <laughs> I realize you're a politician and you've got to get votes. But by George, if you're going to build special paths for newlyweds and let us old married couples tramp along the hard pavements... Newlyweds have nothing to do with it, I tell you. 
But when citizens who keep horses come to me... Don't change the subject, Mr. Mayor. I was not changing the subject. I was trying to tell you that a bridal path for horseback riders... And how many people get married on horseback? (laughs) Answer me that. Maybe somebody's trying to get their picture in the paper. But that hardly justifies the expense of building a special path for them. Nobody intends to build a special path for newly horses. I mean, horse by breakfast. Uh, Look, did you ever own a horse, McGee? Had me a little Shetland pony when I was a kid, did you? Her name was Faber. Used to get up early every morning and curry paper so my father would... Where did you ride this pony? What'd you say, Mr. Mayor? I said, where did he ride his pony? He rode it where everybody rides a pony, halfway between his neck and his tail. isn't what I... If you had a... Listen. Suppose this pony was in the city. Yes? Wouldn't you like to have a special road where it was safe to ride out of the traffic? Why, certainly. But what that got to do with getting married? It has nothing to do with getting married. You started this marriage business, not I. We did not start it. People have been getting married for a thousand years. And they don't have to have a special path to walk home on after they do it, too, either. And I think that any... Will you listen to me? I merely stated that this city was building a bridal horse. A path for you today. I mean, when a man wants to take a bride, a horseback... McGee... Yeah. May I say just two words? Why, certainly, Mr. Mayor. Good day! You know, Molly, I, I sometimes think he deliberately gets me into those arguments. <laughs> Just the same, McGee. Building a special path for brides was kind of a sweet thought. Very romantic. With rose bushes along the sides, a bridal path might be a very lovely thing. Yeah. First thing you know, people start using it for horseback riding. (laughs) Ain't practical. Ah, but Latrivia is kind of a dream. Hot dog, there's my hundred bucks. Come in, come in, come in. Come in. Hi, mister. Hi, Miss McGee. Hi, sis. Hello, little girl. Well, did you bring it, sis? Did you bring my prize money? Where is it, sis? Where is it? Oh, Hurry up. relax, McGee. Maybe you didn't win first prize. Let's face it. Of course I won. That was the finest piece of sculpture I ever did. It had to be. It was the only one I ever did. Come on, sis. Come on. Didn't they give you an envelope for me? Sure they did, I bet you. Here it is, mister. Ah, thanks, sis. And here's your two bucks. Open the envelope, Molly. See if they sent cash or a check. You've got the most sublime self-confidence, McGee. <laughs> well, heavenly days, yeah. a check for $100. <laughs> well, Nat. And a little note. Huh? Dear Mr. McGee, congratulations. Well, I had to say that. <laughs> Enclosed fine check for $100 for your winning entry. Hey, I betcha. <laughs> torso of a goat. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
Ah, that's what I tell you. When you got a talent like mine, you can't... For what? <laughs> poor show of the goat! <laughs> what are you snickering at, sis? Just because them judges don't know a portrait of a common man from the torso of a goat? Well, it was kind of hard to tell by the time I got here, mister. Huh? <laughs> Boy, was it ever a mess. What you mean? I fell down with a try. Oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are here in Toronto tonight in the interest of Canada's ninth victory loan. The objectives of this loan are the objectives of all of us on both sides of the border. Buying victory bonds means that you sign your name to victory, that you subscribe not only your money for the return and rehabilitation of our fighting men, but that you subscribe to the principles for which they fought, the right of living in peace, with a future security for yourselves and your families. So invest in victory bonds today to the very limit of your ability. Peace with security is expensive, but it's the biggest bargain ever offered. Good night. Good night, all.